This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, the world. This is They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I am Courtney Eck. And I'm Sadie Eck. And if you're watching on YouTube and thinking, oh, Sadie's interviewing a recently paroled murderer. Nope, it's just me. <laughs> That's so not true. You I just gorgeous. spent a week in New York. I looked insane about, we we're doing this, we we're recording this in the morning and I looked insane about five minutes ago because uh, I am just puffy and my old face is not prepared for travel <laughs> or being in the world or anything. So yeah. don't worry, guys. Don't worry. It's just Courtney. <laughs> it's not an actual murderer. <laughs> but luckily, it's Sadie's night. So my face will be shown less in this episode on YouTube. And those of you who are listening in your ears, welcome. We're hey. so glad you're here. So happy to have you. What are you, what are you talking about tonight, Eck? This is the story of Courtney Eck, the murderer. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Spent one week in New York City and turned into a spree killer. <laughs> this is the bizarre case of Matthias Bachmeyer and the murder of James Bradley Wren. Whoa, Matthias Bachmeyer, eh? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. At 1.30 in the morning on July 9th, 1996... Firemen were called to the home of Sergeant Matthias Bachmeyer, who lived in a nice two-story home on Garden Avenue North in Renton, Washington. By the time firefighters arrived, the house was engulfed in flames. They were eventually able to put out the fire, but the house was a mess. Luckily, no one was home at the time. Bachmeyer, who lived alone, told authorities he was out bowling with friends when the fire broke out. Neighbors were the ones who had called for help. As Bachmeyer, who was a 25-year veteran for the King County Police Force, sifted through the ashes of his home, he wondered how he could possibly start all over again. He was well-liked at work and a popular member of his community. He spent much of his free time bowling and had even won league championships in the past. But Bachmeyer wasn't the only person going through the ashes of his home. Fire investigators were there, too, trying to learn how the fire had started. Inside the home, they found five different spots where they believed an accelerant had been used to start the fire. Uh-oh. One was in the basement, one was in the living room, two were in the attic, and another was found in the garage. They really wanted the house to burn. Mm-hmm. They also found a message to Bachmeyer spray-painted on the side of the garage that read, quote, Pigs eat shit. You're dead. Rios lives. Your was spelled Y-O-U-R. Uh-huh. It's believed that Rios was referring to an incident that happened in 1988 when Bachmeyer shot and killed Guadalupe Rios in the line of duty. Mm. According to Bachmeyer, he noticed Rios standing near some pumps in an Exxon gas station at 3 a.m. The station was closed and Bachmeyer wanted to see what Rios was up to, so he approached him. When Bachmeyer got out of his patrol car and started to approach Rios, Bachmeyer said that Rios pulled up a rifle and shot at Bachmeyer twice. Gee, wow. Yeah. The bullets hit the patrol car's windshield but missed Bachmeyer, who then shot Rios three times in the chest. So he really did get shot at. That's what Bachmeyer said. But there, there were, were there gun- bullets. 
Mm-hmm. There were holes in the windshield. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Was there a rifle? Yes. Okay. Rios, who was a father of six and had a history of mental health issues, but no history of violence, died at the scene. Mm. Investigators couldn't determine what Rios was doing at the gas station that night, but believed Bachmeyer's story. An inquest panel cleared Bachmeyer in the shooting at the time, but investigators wondered if the fire had been set to get revenge in the killing of Rios. Mm-hmm. Bachmeyer said he had received threats from Rios's friends and family in the years since his death, but they had never actually done anything to try and hurt him. As authorities searched the property, they found a pile of household items, including model cars, two leather jackets, and a jewelry box lying on the lawn. When authorities asked Bachmeyer about these items, he said they were his, but he didn't know how they got outside. Hmm. When neighbors were questioned about the fire, one said they saw someone who looked just like Bachmeyer get on a motorcycle and leave just before the fire started. Curious. Bachmeyer stuck to his story and said he had been bowling the night of the fire. Suspicious of the scene, investigators asked Bachmeyer to take a polygraph test, and he agreed, but the day he was scheduled to take the test, he never showed. As the days and weeks passed, the investigation into the fire continued. Bachmeyer was offered to take a leave of absence so he could take care of his house, but he declined, saying he wanted to keep working. So what's his role again? Bachmeyer's a a police officer? Yeah, he's a sergeant in the police force. 25-year veteran. Got it. A few weeks into the investigation, a fellow police officer and woman that Bachmeyer had been dating went to investigators and told them she had found a few valuable prints, bowling trophies, and pig statuettes in one of Bachmeyer's garages. Excuse me? (laughs) You heard her correctly. Pig statuettes. Pig statuettes. (laughs) In one of Bachmeyer's garages that hadn't been damaged in the fire. Uh When she asked Bachmeyer about them, he told her a convoluted story about how they had been stolen in a burglary just a few days before the fire. To get them back, he said he had to pay the burglars $500. (laughs) For his precious pig statuettes. Yes, that are usually in the house. I don't think I actually said that in this paragraph, Uh but they are usually found in the home. And when the girlfriend came over and they were gone and she saw them in the garage, she was like, huh, that's curious. So they'd been ransomed. He'd gotten them back, but stored them in the garage for extra safekeeping. Because you know what police officers do when burglars steal from their home? Pay ransoms. Pay them yeah. to get them back. To get their pigs and their prints and their, what else? Bowling trophies. Bowling trophies. <laughs> <laughs> precious mementos. Precious mementos. Yes. Got it. Great. So he paid the burglars $500. Uh, His girlfriend found the story very suspicious. Mm -hmm. She's also a police officer, right? Mm. I mean, not that it takes a police officer to think that this story is strange. Pretty sure your seven-year-old son would be like, it's not an add up. (laughs) Burglars don't steal bowling trophies. (laughs) A. No. (laughs) Et cetera. Right. Yes. Ooh, these pig statuettes are Ah, yeah. I got a real good feeling about these. (laughs) These Hummel figurines. (laughs) Right. Is that still a thing? Do people still collect Hummel figurines? I don't know. It was like the hottest item. You were like the richest person on the planet in 1997 if you had Hummel figurines. Yes. I do believe we have a couple in our family. So (laughs) looking forward to that retirement Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. from our distant aunt. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So his girlfriend found the story very suspicious and decided to tell investigators. 
As authorities investigated the fire, they noticed it did not look like a fire set by someone seeking revenge. The fires that were set had taken time to do so. It wasn't like someone ran inside, poured gas all over, and then lit a match and ran. Mm -hmm. Instead, investigators found what looked like gas cans that someone had attached flares to. Whoa. This would allow someone to light the flare and get away before the fire started. Mm -hmm. These had been left in different spots throughout the house. It might have even delayed the fire long enough for someone to get to a bowling alley. A month would pass as the investigation into the fire continued. In the middle of August, the King County Police Department received a call from a worried mother. Her son, 35-year-old James Bradley, he went by Brad, Wren, had gone missing. His roommate hadn't seen him in days, and he usually called his mom every day, but she also hadn't heard from him. The roommate told authorities that he had last seen Brad getting into the back of a police car on August 10th. Uh-oh. Brad had been in a verbal argument with his neighbor that day, and witnesses had called the police because Brad had allegedly been shot in the leg by his roommate, what? who suffered from mental health issues. Whoa. <laughs> so a few weeks before, in a different fight, uh-huh. Brad and his roommate got into a fight, and the roommate shot Brad in the leg. Wow. And they so remained they- roommates. Yes. Okay. And so the na- then he got into a fight with somebody else and the neighbor's like, I'm going to call the police now before somebody gets shot again. Smart. Good. Right. Yes. I mean, ish. Unless <laughs> right. you get this guy. Yeah. The gunshot wound had shattered Brad's tibia bone and he was still in a cast healing from the injury. Oof. He had to use crutches to get around. The officer who responded to the call that day asked Brad to come into the station with him so he could get a statement. Brad agreed and managed to get himself into the back of the patrol car, despite the awkwardness of being on crutches. Mm. This was the last time anyone saw him. He never returned home from the police station. What is going to happen? Why? I'm so scared and sad already. When officers looked into who responded to the call, it was none other than Sergeant Bachmeyer. Mm-hmm. It turns out that two other officers had initially responded to the call to break up the fight, but Bachmeyer had come on the radio and said he was closer. He would respond to the altercation by himself. Mm-hmm. Bachmeyer told officers that he had picked up Brad, brought him to the station, and then had let him go after getting his statement. He didn't know what happened to him after he left. Mm-hmm. Brad Wren was born on March 4th, 1961, and at a young age, he moved with his family to the Winnetouchee Valley in Washington State. Brad graduated from high school in 1979, and a few months later, he enlisted with the U.S. Air Force. He was honorably discharged in 1983 after he was in a terrible motorcycle accident that almost took his life. He spent time in a coma and suffered multiple head injuries and memory loss. Bummer. After getting out of the Air Force, Brad didn't have an easy life. His traumatic brain injury caused a major change in his personality. He became more aggressive and impulsive, which made it difficult to hold down a job, and he started getting in trouble with the law. He moved from job to job, mostly working as a mechanic. In 1989, Brad pleaded guilty to molesting a 10-year-old girl in Douglas County. Mm. He was also charged with abusing a 5-year-old girl, but that case was dismissed. 
Brad was originally sentenced to two years in prison, but only served 90 days in jail and was required to undergo treatment as a sex offender. Mm. After his time in jail, Brad's neighbors said that Brad mostly kept to himself. He would get into the occasional argument with neighbors or roommates, but was described as a quiet guy who spent his time with his dogs that he loved and his pet birds. Before he disappeared, he started to volunteer as a flight instructor for a remote-controlled airplane group, Mm -hmm. and it was a member of the Marion Moore Plane Club. So on September 1st, two months after the house fire, and one month since Brad went missing, Bachmeyer started telling fellow officers that he had cause to arrest a man named Jesus Hernandez. (sighs) According to Bachmeyer, Hernandez was the one who set fire to his house. Great. Good job. <laughs> yes. Ugh. Bachmeyer said that he had stolen, so that Bachmeyer had stolen $50,000 worth of drugs from Hernandez in a bust. So then Ber- Hernandez burned his house down in retaliation. Man, what a job that you can just burn your own house down to frame whoever you want for mm-hmm. arson. Cool. Yeah. That's some um, logic. <laughs> Right. That is some abuse of power. Yes. Wow. So you know how he found this information out? Oh, tell me everything. It just so happened that Brad Wren had been with Hernandez and had helped him start the fire. Great. And Brad had even confessed to the crime when he had brought him into the station the day he went missing. Didn't happen. Did not happen. Doesn't work that way. One month since Brad went missing. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, we've got, we've got this story. Yeah. Bachmeyer then went on to tell different versions of the story to both King County and Renton police officers. And so clearly Brad had not been taken into the station in question. There was no record of questioning Brad. He just one month later is like, oh, Brad told me when we picked him up for that altercation and they're like, well, where's the report? Where's Brad? Where's any evidence of this? And he was like, mm. Yeah, basically. <laughs> right? Pretty much. Yes. Yep. Yeah. A Renton detective who was in charge of Brad's missing persons case. And I'm just going to also say that I don't think that Brad's disappearance really. He was not the type of guy that they're going to like break doors down trying to of find. Of course. Right. Right. Yeah. And so I think he went missing and they were like, did their basic search. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. we're going to trust the 25-year police veteran who says he took a statement and let him go. And then, like, who knows what happened to the guy right. with a traumatic brain injury on crutches. Uh, after that, we don't care. Yeah, and a really rough police record and history. And yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, like a felon he, already. Totally. Um, so a Renton detective who was in charge of Brad's missing persons case brought Bachmeyer in to ask him about the confession. And Bachmeyer told him that not only did Brad confess to burning his house down, he even had a confession signed by Brad. (laughs) According to the written confession, Hernandez and Brad had met in a bar where Hernandez asked Brad to help him break into a cop's house to get back at him for taking his drugs during a bust. He told Brad he would give him $500 for his help. Brad agreed, and they went to Bachmeyer's home on July 7th. They broke in and stole the prince and pig statuettes. <laughs> It'll never not be funny. <laughs> because like a hardened, like super hardened drug dealer who had $50,000 worth of drugs to steal. Yeah. Uh, goes into a nice home. Yep. 
and steals wall hangings and pig statues and bowling trophies. <laughs> bowling trophies. And you know what other people do? They're like, "Oh, do you want to go break into a cop's house? I'll give you five hundred dollars, even right. though I have." tens of thousands of dollars that i could give you yes nobody breaks into cops houses especially not for 500 dollars, and then steals pig statuettes no and i'm not sure when brad got shot in the leg if this was but i kind of picture brad on like crutches with a terribly shattered leg bone and i don't know Mm -hmm. it might have been after this incident but um, i like to put that in my head while i'm imagining this story well it seems like it would have been right around the same time right because the pig Mm -hmm. statuettes had just been stolen and returned Right. And right around, like, right before the fire. Right. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yep. So uh, Bachmeyer said he was able to get those back, his precious items back, later that same day. So somehow he knew who did it, and he got to him and got his items back and paid him $500 for the stolen goods. Yep. Done and done. There you go. Thanks for the transaction that's the end of that that's i'm not going to do anything else about this no so then for some reason brad and hernandez then went back to bachmeyer's two days later on july 9th and burned bachmeyer's house down right when bachmeyer asked brad where hernandez was now brad Mm -hmm. said he didn't know and he was glad he wasn't around because the last time brad saw hernandez he was angry Brad didn't want to be around him anymore, and Bachmeyer asked Brad to help him find Hernandez, but Brad refused, saying that he thought Hernandez might kill him. This is just bizarre. Isn't it the Pe- strangest People are thing? bizarre. Yes. Yes. It doesn't, he well, thought he would get away with this. Because it probably happens all the time, and I'm sure there's other weird-ass stories that he concocted and gotten away with previously. Yeah, right? Obviously. Yeah. You know? Like, the... It, like you and I can't begin to rationalize this or wrap our minds around this, but people are not that bright. I think no. it really just comes down to the fact that people are not that bright. There is we a... trust people in positions of power, even though mm-hmm. we shouldn't, because they're still people. Yeah. They're just people. They're not yes. smarter than us. They're not superior to us. They just have a job that we have decided puts them in charge of us. Yes. That is weird, you guys. Yeah. That's very so strange. Weird. I saw an interview with one of the detectives on the case and um, he was asked to like describe the the case, uh, (laughs) uh, the story. And he just sat there for a really long time. It was really actually smart on the producer's part. He just kind of sat there looking into the camera and he said, uh, stupid. (laughs) Fever dream. (laughs) Have you ever had a fever dream? Yeah. This was that, but with pig statuettes. (laughs) So weird. So weird. So after Brad refused to help because he thought Hernandez was going to kill him, Mm. Bachmeyer transcribed the confession and then Brad signed it. God. Bachmeyer then let Brad go and sat on the confession for a month because it implicated him for stealing the drugs from Hernandez. Mm Mm-hmm. But as the pressure on Bachmeyer increased and it became clear to investigators that he was their prime suspect, not only for the arson case, but in Brad's disappearance as well, he, Bachmeyer, turned over the written confession, hoping it would clear him as a suspect. <laughs> Goodbye. I have to go now. God, there's so many better ways he could have done this. Like, it would just be so easy for a sergeant 
to frame somebody or multiple people. It'd be so easy if you took five seconds and like even even stole better stuff from your own self. Or just like, like put the stuff in a tub and put it in your, the trunk of your car or something. Like throw it in the trash, he, whatever. Yeah, yes. he could have it probably if he had just not taken the pig statuettes out of his house, they would have been like, oh well. Uh, looks like arson, but we can't figure it out. And it surely isn't going to be the 25-year veteran police officer. Right. And if it is, we're so embarrassed by him, we'll just let it go. Yeah. (laughs) Or also just like actually arrest these people, bring them in for questioning. Don't just sort of, uh, ta-da, here's a written confession that I just got somehow. Magically. Yeah. Yeah. Without, and I didn't report any of this stuff, but take my word for it. (laughs) (laughs) So weird. So weird. So when the detective asked Bachmeyer if he knew anything about Brad's disappearance, Bachmeyer allegedly started laughing and said, quote, well, if you find him dead with my business card nailed to his forehead, you'll know to come talk to me. Oh, my God. Wow. Yep. When detectives looked into Bachmeyer's story, they couldn't find any records for Jesus Hernandez in the area. Oh, my mm-hmm and were deeply troubled by how Bachmeyer had handled Brad's interrogation and confession. Mm-hmm. With 25 years experience, Bachmeyer would know better than to take a confession by himself, not to mention one that he was personally involved in. Bing, 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 bing. He had no other officers that co- could corroborate his story, and the only other person who had been there during the confession was now missing. Bing, 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 bing. It would also be very unusual for someone who had just confessed to a major crime to be released from custody and not arrested. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's what I've been saying. Yes. So when investigators looked over the signed confession, they noticed that Brad had signed the first three pages, but hadn't signed the last page. They showed the signature to Brad's parents, who said it looked like it was his. Investigators also noticed that any time Bachmeyer wrote the contraction U-R, he spelled it Y-O-U-R, just like it had been written on the side of his garage. Gets you every time. I know, guys. Use that punctuation. That's right. Put the E at the end. (laughs) They will find that trend. They will get you. (laughs) They will Zodiac you. Oh, wait. We still don't know who Zodiac is. I thought we did. No, ish. Not really. More. Yeah. Yeah. The internet got really excited and all the police who've been working on it for 30 years or however long were like, no, No, that's an internet thing. (laughs) (laughs) When authorities searched Bachmeyer's patrol car, they found very faint traces of blood on the back seat. But when they removed the car seats, they found that a large amount of blood had soaked through the padding of the seat and made its way all the way through the cushion. Mm. They also found traces of blood on the door handles of the car and in the front seat. They took samples of the blood from the car and tested it against Brad's father's DNA, and the paternity DNA test came back as a match. Big surprise. The blood had belonged to Brad. When presented with this damning evidence, Bachmeyer told police officers that Brad had a bloody nose when he'd gotten into his patrol car from a fight he'd had with his neighbor. Yep. Gusher, every gusher, yep. But forensic experts said it would have taken more than two quarts of blood to produce the stains that were found in the car, and this is a life-threatening amount of blood to lose, and far more than you'd experience from a nosebleed. Big surprise. If Brad had been bleeding that much, he would have needed medical help urgently. Mm -hmm. 
Not that they needed more evidence against Bachmeyer, but they also found drops of Brad's blood on a pair of his shoes. Even though Brad's body was still missing, detectives had the evidence they needed to arrest Bachmeyer for the murder of Brad Wren, and he was charged with first-degree murder and arson. Good. Bachmeyer pleaded not guilty and chose to go to trial. If convicted, he could face the death penalty or life in prison. Mm-hmm. The only problem prosecutors had was they still didn't know where Brad was. As preparations for trial began, the investigation into Bachmeyer continued. They looked into his history as a police officer and found he had a troubled past. Oh, surprised. what a shock! <laughs> what? You don't say. <laughs> Even though he'd been cleared in the shooting of Guadalupe Rios, his family steadfastly believed he'd been unarmed the night he was killed, and the rifle had been placed at the scene after he was shot. Mm-hmm. The FBI was asked to look into the case, and I couldn't find any updates, so yeah. I'm not sure they pursued It'd be that. It's a very more. hard thing to take apart and figure out where the gun came from. And blah, 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 blah. Right, yeah. Yep. I would wish for Rios's, because I wouldn't be surprised at all that he was framed you know the of course free, he was like who, shot why w- yeah who cares what he's doing at 3 a.m at a gas station just leave him alone people are allowed to be at gas stations at 3 a.m yep if they're not doing weird shit just roll on by officer yep, yep. but you will be really surprised to find out that bachmeyer is also racist <laughs> and uh, so. what <laughs> just inventing so, mm-hmm. like latino men to frame for mm-hmm. arson Yep. I'm shocked to hear that. Yep. I hadn't caught on to that at all. No, I know. You're a little slow. <laughs> God. Um, so, yeah, the family believes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So the FBI was looked at, to asked to look into the case. Um, he had been reprimanded once for using foul language with a citizen, another time for throwing a road flare at a car during a traffic accident. See, that would be me. Like, <laughs> that's why I could not. I mean, there's oh. endless reasons that I could not be a police officer, no. but I would end up throwing flares at folks. Seriously. 100%. I, yeah. 100%. Like, kind of as a, as like a prank, as a goof. Most of them would be like, no, Courtney, you can't. <laughs> just be like, watch this, whoop, like their window be open a crack and just slide it in there. I'd be like, no, that's mm. deadly and dangerous. Yeah. It's super illegal. Like, like, but I've got the power. I could do, do the funny pranks. But it's pretty funny. Don't you think, guys? God. In 1993, he was accused of bigotry and racism while investigating a graffiti complaint. Uh-huh. As they looked into the arson case more, investigators also discovered that the man who allegedly helped Brad and the mastermind of the house fire, Jesus Hernandez, didn't exist. Like, yep. for sure didn't exist. Mm-hmm. It looked like Bachmeyer had just made him up. Yep. God, I mean, once again, like, you could have framed an actual person. You could have set this up and... Like, uh, I'm so glad he didn't. I'm so glad there's not a real Hernandez out there, like, getting right. framed for arson. But what a dumbass. Yeah, total dumbass. Then at the end of January 1997, seven months after Brad went missing, hikers in the Cougar Mountain Park area mm. came across human remains. Mm-hmm. Only around 20% of the bones were recovered as they had been scattered by animals but one of the bones found was a leg bone with a metal rod that was surgically attached. Mm-hmm. They also found a red, white, and blue cast identical to the one that Brad had on his leg when he went missing. DNA testing was able to confirm the remains belonged to Brad Wren. I'm so glad they found him. Yep. 
So Bachmeyer's trial began on May 5th, 1997. Prosecutors told the jury that Bachmeyer had decided to burn his house down in order to get the insurance money. He had a long-time dream of becoming a professional bowler. Oh, what a shocker also. What a and shocker. needed the money to start his professional bowling career. Unbelievable. Yep. Get a sponsor, uh, bro. Just, <sighs> so dude, many things. So many things. To try and throw investigators, he made it look like an act of revenge against him. Oh when God. investigators didn't buy Bachmeyer's story and started to turn up the heat on him, he decided to find someone to blame the fire on. Brad Wren happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Oh, God, he was also psycho. on. I know. He was also on crutches with a broken leg and suffered a traumatic brain injury, which made him a very easy target. That's just disgusting. And like, what is his life? What is Bachmeyer's life? Like, he just sits in his house and like, <laughs> like his fucking pig statues. Oh like, God, what a terrible, awful existence. Yes, and just, he like, looks exactly and... like you would expect him to. And Ugh. with That's... his, I, I'll get screenshots of the prints that were his precious prints and pig statuettes. But it's like, it's just exactly what you expect from like, a guy like him. Talks to, to his, his dead like, mother. Precious's. Yeah, <laughs> total his preciouses and talks to his dead mother. And, oh, it's so God, disturbing creep. to think about. That's yeah. so weird that people just have those lives and they're like, how am I going to get this money? And then just come up with this co- like cockamamie is the word for the story. Yes. Well, he was a 25 year veteran in the police force in the early or the late 90s. Like a uh, huge pension. You know, yeah. like, he could have just not done any of this and yeah. been like able to just retire and just bowl right you don't need to like get a hundred thousand dollars to start your like what do you even need really nice shoes i'm like what does that even mean buddy to travel the circuit like right you know i'm sure there are expenses but nothing that your pension couldn't cover bro seriously and they get like triple double triple quadruple pensions and shit like Mm -hmm. get out of here gross yep so gross there was never ev- any evidence that Bachmeyer brought Brad to the station the day he disappeared. After getting Brad to sign the false confession, he killed him in the back of the police car and dumped his body in the Cougar Mountain Park, leaving a trail of blood behind him. Poor Brad. God. Yeah. And they think that, you know, they, he had signed the first three pages, but not the fourth. And they think that he just somehow coerced or forced Brad into signing the papers. And then... Bachmeyer brought the papers home and did the confession, but didn't have him sign enough papers to uh-huh. complete the stupid ass story. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so that's why the fourth page wasn't signed. Totally. It took the jury only six hours to find Matthias Bachmeyer guilty of first degree murder, and he was sentenced to life in prison. Surprised it took that long, honestly. Right? Bachmeyer is now 74 years old and is serving his time at the Monroe Correctional Complex in Monroe, Washington. Brad Wren's mother, Shirley, wants people to remember that despite his troubled past, Brad was a victim. Quote, mm-hmm. I don't want people to forget he was a victim, she said. He couldn't walk or get away. He was helpless. Yeah. Yep. That was nasty shit. Yep. And that is the pig statuette story of a decade. This is our case of that. Bachmeyer and the murder of James Bradley. I am flabbergasted. I mean, I love when people are that stupid because it's just open and a shut. But still, what 
WT heck, guys? Why? How? It's so strange. It's so it is so strange. strange what people do and what they get away with. If anybody has a Netflix subscription right now, you've probably watched The Tindler Swindler. You've probably watched The Bad Vegan or whatever it's called. Like, it is remarkable what people say and do, and it works. Yeah. So thank God this guy didn't. I mean, he murdered a human being and probably another human being and God knows how many other human beings, but man. Yeah. We got to wisen up. We need to just use your heads, like... Use a little, employ a little critical thinking, people. Mm-hmm. What is going on? Yeah, it's so crazy. It's so crazy. All it's so crazy. Bowling career. Yuck. <laughs> Good one. And also, no thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, double, triple, quadruple, no. Mm-mm. It's fucking weird. It's bizarre. Yep. I, I really don't have words. And it really, I just, how how does that happen? How do you become that person? You know? I, that's the, I mean, it's just like endlessly what I want to know. What is that? How? You have all these options to be all different kinds of people. And that's the person you become? That's just mm-hmm. so strange to me. I know a lot of it's brain chemistry, for sure. But also, what? <laughs> doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no. <laughs> No. Mm-mm. Quick, like, hard right into a story that I was reminded of when we were talking about throwing flares through windows. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me everything. Um, several years ago, pre-COVID, Laura and I were in the West Village in New York City at a night that John Cameron Mitchell hosts called Mattachine. It's a gay night. And if anybody knows the, I mean, if anybody, those of you who know the West Village know that's a very intimate, like romantic, kind of quaint, cozy part of New York City. And it was like two, three o'clock in the morning and we were standing out front of the bar and this guy in a Ferrari pulls up and somebody was like getting in or out of an Uber and he just like lays on his horn like a total (laughs) bastard person. And it's like two o'clock in the morning, you know, and he cl- it's clear what's happening. Like, you know, they're like, obviously somebody's entering or exiting their Uber. And Laura just pops into vigilante justice mode. And she was like a, you know, triple A fucking softball player in high school or whatever. She leans over. It's winter time. She leans over, makes a snowball in like 13, like half of a second. <laughs> Hawks it through this tiniest opening in this guy's window through his I've ever heard Ferrari window. I swear to God. Oh God. And the guy, the music's playing. <laughs> like the music's playing in his car. And she just was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> like, whoosh, right through his window. She, has to, she runs inside the bar and like the whole bar conspires to like hide her from this guy who's like flaming mad because he just got snowballed in his fucking seventy thousand dollar car it was amazing amazing. i don't know what came over her it is not her personality well alcohol probably came over her but she was just like not in my city (laughs) like what god i want to do that (laughs) it's incredible threaded the needle perfectly too right through the little thing that's amazing yeah So things like that can exist at the same time that this fucking piece of shit that you just talked about can exist. Yeah. 
I don't get it. I don't like it. I don't get it. No, what are you going to do? Moral of the story is to be more like Laura Fosberg. Yeah. Throw snowballs, not flares. Choose Laura Fosberg, not pig statuettes. When faced with a choice, (laughs) when when you hit the divergence in the woods or whatever the fucking... T.S. Eliot poem is. I'm just mushing everything together. What's the I Robert Frost? I came into the fucking divergence of the woods and I chose the path less tarried or whatever. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's exactly how it goes. <laughs> choose Laura Fosberg path. One hundred percent. Don't choose Bachmeyer. What's his name? Bachmeyer. Schmackius. Schmacky Whacker. Don't choose that path. No, don't do it garbage human total garbage human yep um uh, you want to hear what i did this week yeah you guys i went to the famed spa castle in queens new york uh, I, if anybody has ever known anyone who lives in a major city they've heard about these korean spas i finally got to experience my first korean spa and if I sound different, it's because I am a different person than I was before <laughs> I entered Spa Castle in Queens, New York, primarily because I signed up for the body scrub because that's what you do when you go to the Korean spa, thinking that it would be like a nicey, nicey, sugar scrubby scrubby with a little towel on me. And they put you in this comfy robe and then they booty dooty with their little softy hands and then you get a little pat on the head and they send you on your way. Wrong. A hundred percent, a million percent wrong. They take you into what resembles some sort of like room for cattle with naked (laughs) waterproof beds lined up and just kind of off to the side of like the naked spa area. They lay down completely naked, no tally, no roby, just your body on a bed, on a slab, essentially. (laughs) Put on these scrapey mitts. And then they just go to town and they're in your crannies and they're in your crevices. And I was just laying there thinking about the French extreme horror movie Martyrs where they put this woman through several stages of torture so that she can become like one with the divine. And I was like, this, that's <laughs> this what we're doing. One. <laughs> I was like, I mean, in that movie, they remove her skin. And I was like that. I'm just that's what's happening right now. <laughs> The trash truck is in in the. If you can hear the trash truck, that's what the experience felt like your, to me. <laughs> to take away all your layers of skin from the garbage, and I just embraced the process, and it was very akin to torture. And I was like, okay, this is a rebirth. I'm going to come out the other side of this and a new person. And I swear, the I swear it kind of worked. I was like, I'm just going to leave it all behind. And then she stands you up and she's like intermittently dousing you with giant buckets of very, very, very warm water, like hot (laughs) water, like on my little chest. And then scrapey, scrapey, scrapey. And you think, okay, that side's done. No, no, no. She's going to come back to that side in a minute. Anyway, your body is so soft that you cannot even believe that it's your body on the other end of it. And then she stands you up and hoses, like literally hoses you off naked, just sort of spinning you around and round. And I was like... Just embrace the process, and I did. God, I would Some, do it again. I want that job. I, dude. And then somebody was like, "Was she in a black lace bra and panties?" I was like, "That's exactly what she was in." So that's just they just stand in there all day long in this wet room, and they're black and just like renewing 
people's people yes souls <laughs> yes she's so nice and so mean at the same time yeah i want it again soon <laughs> <laughs> now i know what to expect so let this serve as a sort of cautionary tale slash like definitely do it i know that sounds scary but you want to do it just yeah you know shit yes yeah i'm glad i didn't know what to expect but i kind of wish i had known what to expect (laughs) (laughs) and i was with all my friends from new york who've done it like seventy five thousand times and none of them were like it's gonna be a little intense like prepare no because they're new yorkers like everything's hard on them (laughs) and i was like do you guys ask for less pressure and they're like fuck no (laughs) (laughs) that's just what we do okay Well, while Courtney was getting renewed, I got my eyebrows and lip threaded. Oh, yeah. Uh, my lip same day, for I the think, first too. Time. Did, yeah, right it? around yeah. the same time. Yeah. Totally. And uh, I had so, sort of a similar experience, but quicker. That I've had my eyebrows done before. I'd never had my lip done. And yeah. it really hurt, like, really bad because it's your lip. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, like, tensing and crying. My eyes are watering. And um, the esthetician stops for a minute. And I say, oh, that hurts. <laughs> I swear to God, I've never seen somebody look more disappointed or like disgusted. <laughs> she rolls her eyes as hard as she can. And she's like, yeah, it's your lip. And then just goes <laughs> back in and gets it. And when I was done, I left, you know, I left and I had my mask on, but I had taken it off so she could get to my lip and it had been it's still attached to my ear and all of the peach fuzz fell into my mask while the service was being provided. So I put my mask back on and when I was leaving and then when I got outside I had to take it off and I was my mouth was just full of tiny little baby hairs and I was like still crying and I was all red faced, I'm sure. I'm standing by a trash can in little tiny town, frankly, like Indiana. Uh, by the Hobby Lobby or whatever, <laughs> crying, going, oh, oh, trying to get. The- <laughs> I swear to God, a woman walking by stopped. She was like, "Oh my God, are you okay?" She even touched me, like put her hand out and touched my shoulder. She was so concerned, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I just got my eyebrows and lip done. I just got it threaded." And she was like, oh, "Well, that hurts so bad." And I was like, "Thank you. It does." She's like, I was really worried about you. So, I think like I look crazy. Stung by a bee in the mouth or something. <laughs> Did you just get released from some sort of hostage situation? <laughs> oh my oh, god, shit. dude. So, you know, yeah, so Sadie and I are new care. Wo- We're new women. Yeah, I'm happy with the, the you know, lack of hair above my lip now, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Trust, trust Ouchie. the ancient, ancient beauty regimens. They know what they're doing. That's like right. they don't, they don't come easy, but man, they yeah. are effective. That's right. I mm-hmm. think that this in general is a, if you've been like wanting to do things for yourself, even mm-hmm. if they hurt, mm-hmm. um, do it. I set up a glam station is what we've been calling it. Yeah. And I'm not, if you had asked me, are you the type of person that would set up like a vanity with strip lights and right like even a month ago even a month ago if you'd ask Sadie this you would I would absolutely not like sure I've worn makeup I would used to wear it every day I became a mom I definitely stopped wearing makeup and then we decided to put our faces on YouTube and so I was Mm -hmm. like okay I'm gonna start wearing a little makeup and then I started watching YouTube tutorials and I don't know what got into me but my god it is so fun it's so fun why not just learning about makeup Mm -hmm. and doing different things and uh i love it i love it 
Yeah. It's so fun. Yeah. Learning about makeup things and just wanting, it's not even about like, I like who I am and I like the way I look and, but it's just elevating that and wanting to be paid attention to more. Mm -hmm. Um, with not feeling so depressed and sad <laughs> that I don't want to be noticed. Right. Which is how I've felt for years. And now yep. all of a sudden I'm like, no, I'm kind of a babe. And yep. it, and even more so just like inside, I like who I am and I want to, I'm ready to be noticed. And so it's just an interesting, really interesting shift. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you to therapy and Lexapro and shit yep. of self-care and like actual real self-care. Um, yeah, just hip, hip, do hooray. it. If you, seriously, yeah. if you want to do it, just do it. You don't have to be any certain kind of person. I'm a tomboy. I like, you know, yeah, horses or whatever. horses and sports. <laughs> um, you can still tap have, into that. If yeah, it sounds like fun to you. Well, and I think that's the thing. Like for most of my life, I thought like I'm not somebody who should dress up for what you know. It's just like mm-hmm. I, like this thing in my head that was just like, no, you wear you tone down like I, mm-hmm. I, why I don't mm-hmm. I don't know if that's like the humbleness of being raised by Midwestern parents you know or like what that is but I mean it has taken me my entire life to like tr- take risks with fashion and mm-hmm. yeah like really go for it and start to feel confident and feel good about myself and laura yeah. was saying just the other day she's like yeah you've definitely stepped it up mm-hmm. and now i have to catch up and i was like no it's actually the opposite because my <laughs> wife is very stylish yeah and she's very fun to dress and so i'm always buying her clothes and then i'm like wait why am i giving these all to her she's already got this like <laughs> fucking killer ass wardrobe and i'm over here in like oversized sweatshirts or whatever you know all black and I'm like okay right. mm-hmm. yeah yeah. yeah, whatever it is that you think you can't do or shouldn't do for yourself, that's a lie. That's just totally. not true. No. Yeah. yeah. And I think and a lot of... It, sorry, it doesn't mean like getting your eyebrows done or makeup. It means whatever that is. Yes, exactly. Yeah, or being an athlete or learning how to paint yes. or... Yes. I think a lot of like... I found a TikTok yesterday that was basically like, you don't owe who you were to the people who know you. Mm-hmm. So a lot of us get stuck in... We have people know a past version of us, you know, they've known Mm -hmm. us for a while. And I think there's a lot of self-consciousness that comes with being around people who have known you, a previous iteration Mm -hmm. of you. Or who you were as a child, like who they decided you were as a child. Correct. Or even like five years ago, you know, like I'm not the same person I was six months ago, let alone Mm -hmm. two years ago, let alone 10 years ago. And so I think we get stuck in this thing where we're like, if I show up to brunch in a crazy hat, my friends are going to be like, what is that? You know, (laughs) it's like, who cares? Fuck them. Right. (laughs) Put on the crazy hat or cut your hair off or fucking shave your eyebrows. Don't shave your eyebrows off. They won't come back, but (laughs) bleach them. You can bleach them. Yeah. you You know, but yeah, you don't owe who you were to the people around you that it just has nothing to do with them so yeah yeah being in a pandemic has helped that because i think we've all just sort of like been by ourselves and Mm -hmm. it's like nobody remembers what i looked like before so i'm just gonna become (laughs) a different person (laughs) yeah i uh went out with my mom for the first time in a long time it was really fun we went and got pedicures and went and bought girly things and I decided to dress up to do that and I yeah. put a dress on and did my makeup and had my hair done and 
uh, was ready to go. Like I looked mm-hmm. good. And my four-year-old came in. I had been sort of hidden away in my bedroom getting ready. And he came to find me. And I was standing looking at myself in the mirror. And he, <laughs> he was so mad. <laughs> he was really? like, Mom, what is this? And I was like, it's a dress. And he was like, why? Oh, my God. He was I like, can't. what is that? And pointing oh. at my face. And I was like, it's makeup, buddy. He was like, no. <laughs> He did not like change it. is hard, kid. Change yeah. is hard. Yeah. God, and that then, is so and, funny. But then the next day, he was like, "Mom, are you gonna put that dress back on?" And mm-hmm. I was like, "Maybe not today." And he was like, "Well, I, uh, and I said, Do, should I?" And he's like, "Yeah, probably." <laughs> mm-hmm. so, <gasps> Speaking of which, you guys, the new face. I've been meaning to talk oh, yeah. about this on here. The new face. If you've seen it on TikTok, if you've seen it in the IG ads, do not pass go. If you've been considering it, if you want something that is very easy to use and makes a significant difference in how beautiful your skin is, buy the freaking new face. You can get it refurbished from Nordstrom Rack for like $115. You know what, Courtney? I just looked today because I want to get one. And they sell out a lot. Out. They, they'll they come do. back. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. They sell out I panicked. A lot. Okay. No. Yeah. You can just keep looking at, at Nordstrom Rack. I got mine for like $125. You guys, I'm addicted to it. It's it's a microcurrent, so it's just in there, like rejuvenating your skin and and tricking it into thinking that it's still getting alive instead <laughs> of <So> dead. <laughs> you have to. You can't. It doesn't last, so you have to use it like all the time. Yeah. You can't. You don't like bring it back to life and it stays back to life. So, um, you know, you have to commit to using it like five minutes, like three to five times a week. I use basically use it every day because I really love the way it feels. And it's very relaxing. I mean, you get a little bit of a shock. It's like, I mean, you're not supposed to, but you do occasionally. Like if it hits a little rogue hair or something, you'll get a little zap. But it's very, very, very mild um, that you put a gel on and then you rub it over the gel and you're not supposed to really feel it. But I love it. I brought it with me to New York knowing that I would be like drinking and, you know, eating salty foods and stuff. And you just pull it out in the morning and depuff your face. But it is, it's the best thing I've ever purchased for my skincare hands down so yeah go get it it's an amazing investment yep yes anything uh, else for these fine uh, let's give them a couple names let's, let's give them a couple little pile of names we're gonna save shouty outies for next round um so if you want to get a shouty outie and be a patreon supporter head on over there and support our life and our livelihood please um do please that. but in the meantime <laughs> It's name time. <laughs> Dick Harpoolian is Alex Murdoch's lawyer. <laughs> Sorry, that's not real. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I was watching the Murdoch documentary. You know that oh, family in funny. the yes. South. Those yes. motherfuckers. Yes, Let's, Dick yes. Harpoolian. <laughs> Uh, and I'm assuming he's Armenian because all IAN names are Armenian. So he's in the, in, my wife is Armenian, but Harpoolian <laughs> is the best Poolian. last name possible. Uh, there's a little child named Ella Snow White. Oh my God. She's got uh, birds perched upon her right now. Uh-huh. Um, I saw the other day on the way to the airport, there's a Stickney, Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> Stickney. Stickney. <laughs> um... There's a Shirley McShirley. 
<laughs> yes, there is. Yes. Uh, Juliet Romero. So like, <laughs> Juliet Romeo. Romeo. Romero. <laughs> uh, Misty Weathers. Uh. And Anita Mann. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are good. So good. Uh, the person who sent those said they she's forgotten that her niece's name is Dolce Margarita. So in English, <laughs> she's a candy, candy margarita. And you yes. know we love a marg. Any any margs are welcome. Always. Always. There's a baby wolf. What? <laughs> yeah, someone's name is Baby Wolf. So oh my cute. God. Uh... Somebody said that. <clears throat> they know a crystal chandelier, which we've already had a crystal <laughs> yes. crystal chandelier. And so is it the same crystal chandelier or are there multiple? I I would not be surprised if there were multiple crystal chandeliers. Yeah. And this this person was like the daughter of a man of their friends, like father's friend from 20 years before. So huh. yeah, that's a family name. I don't know. <laughs> um Zebulon Turrentine. <laughs> and legend has it that yours truly, Courtney Eck, if had, had she been born, let's talk about myself in third person, had she been born, a man would have been named Zebulon Walker Eck. So I support it's, the name Zebulon Turrentine. Yeah, that's amazing. Melissa Mustachio. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Tanner Prairie. Oh my God! Yep, we always over there with Ellis Snow White or whatever. Ellis Snow White and Tanner Prairie are out there. Or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> patting the heads of <laughs> totally. woodland creatures. Uh, some dog names: Skillet, Spark Plug, Erlen Mayer, and Lunch. Oh my God! Uh, <laughs> so good. No, our dear Megan Glenn had a barbecue. A barbecue, and now has a camp. Yep. Yep, and I have a bill. My pug's name is Bill. <laughs> Tuesday flooring. And some names. There's a street in New York, England. Whip Mawap Magate. <laughs> they like... I don't know if it's actually, that's actually how it's spelled or if they just wrote it out phonetically for me, but Whip Mawap Magate. <laughs> and Tickle Cock Bridge. <laughs> Where is that? That's in near York, England. Okay. <laughs> and you guys, the most exciting thing, our dear Nina D transcribed every yes. single name from every single episode. Can Thank you, Nina D. It. And there is a page up on our website with all of our names that we've ever had submitted, we've ever said on all of our episodes. Yes. And it is so much longer than you think it's going to be. <laughs> oh, I was and scrolling is, and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. I, I, it's like 18 pages. She sent like 18 pages of names in a yes. line. She so, did that like in two seconds too. Yes. I, the, it would have taken me seven and a half years. <laughs> yeah. So I'll continue to update it and we'll just have this running list of names. And then uh, I'm very busy in my day job right now. But as soon as the smoke clears, we'll do a little contest and we'll start up some names merch. I have not yeah. heard back from Cindy Pancake yet. So Gosh. I have to also like kick that into but high that'll gear. that'll be a Patreon treat uh, yes right so, so if you want to get in on that head over yep. to patreon please yep. we'll do some limited edition names merch based on our favorite names which <laughs> sophie's choice dude i don't know how we're gonna pick 
we might have to like uh, you and I narrow it down to like ten or something. Oh, then. for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even five. Yeah, I don't. That's, that's too many. Yeah. If in the meantime anybody is like, okay, this one has stood out to me this whole time, I like. I can't t- forget it. Yeah. Yeah. Please, by all us. means, tell us. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But I would love to do some Cindy Pancake merch and then like one or two other things. Fuck yes. Um. In the meantime. You can go to our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube at They Will Kill. You can go to our website, theywillkill.com. You can email us at theywillkillpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, rate, review, subscribe, please. Yes, please. We haven't gotten one of those in like two weeks. And I know. I would love it. I would love my it. My heart's if you broken. Did it. If you <gasps> want to repair my heart, you got to just give us a little review. Sadie's doing a lot of self-care lately. It's part of her self-care is you're complimenting us. Please. Gotta, gotta tell me about my bangs. <laughs> uh, hey, AJ Brigance, why don't you go ahead and be, be keep being awesome. Thanked. Thanks so much be for thanked. your music. Thank you for your music. And remember... Oh, I've got a great new affirmation for everyone to say... Show me how good it gets. I wrote it on my phone. Ooh, yes. Show me how good it gets. Show me how good it gets. mm -hmm. So entering into anything new, feeling anxious, like, no, show me how good this could be. Show me how good it gets. Mm -hmm. I just started, I just learned it yesterday, so I don't have any real life applications of this affirmation, but let's go ahead and see how good it gets, you guys. Could get really fucking good. We love you. You're the best that it could possibly be. I guess I have seen how good it can get because it's you guys. You guys are the best. You're as good as it gets. 100% the best. And we love you so much. Yes, we do. We'll see you real soon. See you next time. Okay, goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.